I can't believe it. This is the last pre-chat of the season. But don't worry, I've left you with a wonderful guest. Yes, David Ames from Holby City. He's got a lot to say, really fun, and I love talking with him. Really good guy. Anyway, enjoy. Hello. Yes, episode 10, season 2. I'm Daniel Johnson, and this is Best Thing. I know you know how it works, but what we do is we talk to our wonderful guests about the best things in their lives. All the categories, I can't bother to say them anymore. You'll find out very soon. Anyway, today's guest is the very, very talented David Ames. You may know him from Holby City, and even before that, Doctor Who. He's absolutely amazing and so much fun to talk to. He does like to talk about TV and film, but he is in TV and film. As always, we have Adam Harris with his fat chicken and Bethy Beats bringing us the best in brand new music. And of course, that added extra film bag, making sure we don't miss out on those films that we missed out on. Anyway, next up, we're going to be talking to the wonderful David Ames after Adam Harris's fat chicken. Adam Harris's Fat Chicken, and an interview with David Ames. All right, guys, Adam, Fat Chicken here, doing the fact check-in for you. Um, here's a, here's a quite an up-to-date myth, this one. If Facebook was a country, it would have a billion more people than China. Stay tuned, find out if that's true at the end of the podcast. <laughs> Um, yeah, your decor that you have, I mean, our listeners can't actually see it, but I'm sure they'll be able to see on uh, on your social media platforms because you do have good taste. Thank you. Well, it was a big white box when I when I got it. So everything in here I've sort of steadily chosen over the last two years, two and a half years. So I like, I kind of enjoy interior design programs a lot. My, like, my downtime is usually watching things like uh grand designs and just any property show anything that george clark does his voice just soothes me i mean he should do audiobooks a lot of them so yeah, he has the most amazing voice actually because it's because uh, he's northeast and i think yeah. that it's calming isn't it it really is it's completely calm like it's just the way he talks it's just like you just find yourself just like gone <laughs> literally he could he could read me a menu and i'd be like Ah, nap time. <laughs> yeah, one of a, one of everything now. Thanks, George. Yes. Um, thank you so much for doing Best Thing. You are the end finale guest of season two. So really? I can say you saved the best or last because we've done all the others. So they can't get annoyed until ah. they've heard it, but it's fine because then they've done it. It's all good. Yeah. Um, we've had some lovely guests. Uh, we've had Peter Dixon, who does the voice stuff for X Factor. He says that. He does yeah. say that. And, and he says Gamu as well because he liked Gamu's name. Gamu. Gamu. <laughs> he really uh, He really was. And yeah, and it's just been really nice. And we had Darren Litton, who wrote um, Benadorm and uh, stuff. With, yeah. Darren is so great. And he was really fun. And he said that he wasn't going to swear throughout the podcast. Um, he lied, but he did it by accident, but he did it right at the beginning. So I'm going to let you know, you can swear if you want to. This Yay. <laughs> I do have a potty mouth. So I usually during interviews have to kind of hold it back. So it's nice to know that I can drop no. it. <laughs> well, best, best thing is pretty much just getting to know who you are, because I think a lot of times when people do interviews, it's about the characters you're playing, projects you're doing, blah, blah, blah. But actually, do we care about you? And I think a lot of people do. And when I've told quite a few people in my village, you're very big in Reading, um, in my village, <laughs> uh, they're, very, they're very excited and they're, they're big fans of you. So um, and everything you do, even back to the days of Doctor Who. So there we go. We're going, we're going back. That's incredible to know. Lovely. Yeah, I've done my research. I've done my research. <laughs> um, so first up, we're going to uh, start talking about food. Uh, what did you have for breakfast? Are you a breakfast eater? Not really. Um, no, but when I've got days off, yes, I will do a nice breakfast and I will, you know, sort of potter about and make some effort and stuff. Um, but uh, when I have days off, generally I lay in. Um, but just because uh, a lot of people don't realize that the filming schedule um, for Holby is, you know, most filming schedules are actually quite brutal. You know, you, you, they're long days. Um, 
when I've got a full filming day, I'm usually up at 6 a.m. and I've left the house by about quarter to seven in the morning and I'm at work by about 7.15. So, you know, like you get there and you're already sort of, you know, I'm already usually two coffees in, you know, I haven't blinked for 10 minutes. Um, so, you know, you just kind of have to do whatever you can to get through the day. But um, I'll then have breakfast then because, you know, I'll be like, God, is it lunchtime? And they'll be like, well, no, it's 10 past nine. Um, so I'll end up being like, right, I, I need something. I need to, you know, eat something. Otherwise, clearly I'll waste away. Um, so, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, apart from that, mm, I can't get on board with porridge. Yeah, porridge is a weird thing. I think it's, I think it's how it's done. So if you add things to it, but yeah, it's the slowness and the soppiness of it. I do understand. I, I just what it makes me think of is like an Oliver, like gruel. Do you know what I mean? And that's I can't I can't look at it and be like, mmm, tasty. It just to me, it just looks like cat sick. So, you know, I had a PT once who was like, oh, you know, should just mix it with a little bit of water, and I was like, what what is it? Wallpaper paste? I mean, it's 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 just basically like if I you know, if I'm sort of dusting and then what I've got left over, looks like you just add a little drop of honey to that. And it's like, no, no, no thanks. <laughs> yeah, just because you put honey on it doesn't mean it's nice. You know what exactly. I mean? It's exactly, you can add the honey to it and I can put honey on my shoe. It doesn't mean I'm going to eat it. Well, well, depends how hungry you are. And it's funny actually, when it comes to breakfast, um, the thing that I say breakfast is the best, most important meal of the day is actually branding from a cornflakes company. <laughs> Well, there you go. And not, and not real. Constantly <laughs> being lied to by the media. Fake news. It's fake news. Fake news. Yeah. Anyway, uh, we'll stop. We'll stop. You're good at impressions. I feel like there's going to be quite a few. That's ah, <laughs> it's something like my friends get absolutely sick and tired of me because I I do impressions when I'm drunk. So uh, you know, I, I dip in and out of doing like one of the Muppets or something from Family Guy, on you know, and they're just like. I'm sure we're going to pull them all out of you throughout this uh, interview. So I can't, I can't wait. Um, eating wise, um, can you cook? I do enjoy cooking, but I'm I'm from kind of farming stock. So you know, my family uh, we're very rustic. I grew up on a um, right in the middle of nowhere with my mum and my nanny Pegs, and you know, we had chickens and geese and. A pea hen turned up once, so my nan fed it and it decided to stay. Um, my nan had a habit of doing that, actually. We once gained a cat because she just kept, she was like, I don't know why this cat keeps turning up. And she'd say that whilst putting down double cream for the cat. The cat was literally just like, sod wherever else I was, you know, pour some poor five-year-old girl down down the hill somewhere. It's like, where's Timmy gone? And this cat keeps turning up. My nan's just like, here, caviar. Yep, sure, for you. Um, <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so I'm I'm from farming stock, which means I like hearty, wholesome, you know, I like pie, pie and everything with gravy and, you know, um, mashed potato. And yeah, I'm kind of, I was going to say meat and two veg kind of guy. You can say <laughs> that. You can say <laughs> I was like, rain it in, rain it in. <laughs> we may as well start how we mean to go on. You know what I mean? That's what it's about. <laughs> I mean, it is, a, it is a weird thing with food. And I think that we're kind of brought up with our families cooking. And then later on, um, we may look to do some cooking ourselves. I think we're all put off by food by school dinners, which hopefully has got a little better. Um, can you remember what you, you were eating when you were younger? Was it those sort of pies and gravy and, and, and mash? Or were there things that like, I, I wouldn't eat that then, but now I do now? Oh, I was a really fussy kid uh, with regards to food. Um, I, I barely touched veg. Um, I could only eat carrots if they were raw. Um, so like a lot of that's gone now. There's a few foods that I, I would sooner sort of, yeah, just never. Oh, you got, you got to spill the beans. <clears throat> Come on. Olives. Are they? I don't care what people say. Olives aren't nice. Olives are not nice and people pretend to like them the same as they pretend to like oysters because they think it's fancy and, but it's not, it's not, it, it, you know, eating an oyster is just like licking spit off a rock and it's just not nice. Um, olive. Yeah, but I put some honey on it. It was fine. Oh, wait, exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I just warmed it in the microwave for 30 seconds, added a bit of cinnamon and it pops your uncle. It's great. Yeah. Um, no, it's just, it's hideous. It's, I, I worked in a fish restaurant as a maitre d' um, before I got Holby actually. Um, one of my sort of in-between acting jobs, you know, kind of uh, muggle jobs. And um, and uh, so I got to try lots of different fish dishes and, you know, and there's a lot that I love. But I, you know, another thing, I can't get on board with lobster. Another fancy food. Well, if they say fancy food, when you look up the history of lobster, 
lobster used to be peasant food. Yeah. Exactly. So now people are like, oh, check me out, my fancy lobster. That was peasant food. The same as people who go, mm, yeah, I'm going to go for and pay like nine pounds for some falafel, peasant food. It, it's like, it's, and it's amazing how, how someone's gone, this, this is the top quality food. You should, you should try it from, you know, and then people go, I'd pay 10 pounds for that. And it's like, it costs fractions of a pence. It's like, <laughs> um, some, some food has really good public relations, you know, PR stuff behind oh, it, which absolutely. is grounded by nothing. <laughs> which is really weird okay well let's get right into it um what would you say david is the best thing when it comes to food for you the best thing when it comes to food well i i'm always fascinated with the sensory memory of food um because uh we you know our, our sense of smell and taste is our strongest source of sensory memory so for me the smell of apple crumble reminds me of my nanny pegs like a, just a, a waft of it. And immediately I remember uh, going into the garden and picking apples with her and then like her making crumble from scratch. And and that immediately takes me back to there. So that's what I love about food. That's what really kind of, you know, you, you can go into a restaurant sometimes, You again, you get a waft of a certain food that you go, oh, I haven't had that since. And then you remember the time that you ate that first. And, and you, you know, it kind of drags you straight back that like a Sunday roast will forever, you know, remind me of childhood. And, you know, I mean, usually a Sunday roast usually was accompanied by the sound of like Grand Prix in the background and my dad watching it in the lounge and, you know, the sound and then my mum in the kitchen and, you know, and it's funny how you immediately go back to a scene and you remember everything. You remember, you know, the decor, what, what it was like in the house at that time. And, you know, that's, that's what I love about it. But, um, I think because of that, I return constantly to sort of favorite family dishes and, you know, doing cottage pie and, you know, just things that remind me of, uh, you know, those sort of times, which especially this year. Oh, yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. <laughs> you, need, you need to feel a little bit comforted in the kitchen. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's, yeah, you, you definitely do. Yeah. Okay, what well, I'm going to say for you, David, the best thing when it comes to food is sensory memory, but pretty much nanny pegs crumble. Yes. Apple crumbing. Yes. I love that. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. I feel like I want some crumble now. Uh, okay. Next up, we're going to be talking travel. We're talking travel, David. Um, where have you been travel. not in 2020? Have you actually done a staycation? Have you done anything this year? A staycation? Well, apart from like just, you know, lighting a fire pit on my terrace. No, um, that's that's about as close as I've got. I mean, I did consider sleeping out there during the summer, but obviously that's over now. Um, he says, wait, yes, it is. And it's absolutely bucketing down. I'm just like, oh, well, it's not nice. 2020 didn't, didn't even give us autumn this year. 2020 was just like, we've gone summer, 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 depths of winter. Enjoy. <laughs> yeah, hopefully we'll bring back out on the outside on the other side of 2021 and it'll be nice and sunny. Yeah. Um, travel. I love traveling. Um, I was really pleased actually. Last year I traveled a fair bit and I was actually really glad that I did when this year happened. I was like, ah, well, I won't be going anywhere this year. So last year I went for the first time to LA um, and stayed with a friend of mine there, um, which was incredible. Um, and got to see a, a few people, um, a few friends of mine who live there. Um, so that was great. I kind of try to go to New York every year. It's just something I love. I just love the city. I just think it's incredible. And me too. Me I, too. Yeah. I just always, even if it's just for like three nights, four nights, I just, it's a nice little escape. The flight's not too bad. And you know, it's, it's just, yeah, it's lovely to go and do that. I usually go in like autumn time and then I can do a bit of Christmas shopping kind of thing. Um, and then I also went to Barcelona last year, which was amazing. I went to a, a festival called Primavera, which was, um, mm -hmm. which is amazing. I had never heard of it until last year, but the lineup was incredible. It was, you know, ranging from Solange Knowles to Robin to um, Lizzo and uh, Miley Cyrus, Janelle Monet, like Carly Rae Jepsen. It was, I mean, it was cow, wow. but it was, <laughs> it was amazing. There was something for everyone in the whole thing, but um. But uh, yeah, that was just wonderful. Um, but yeah, this year, no, no, nothing. I mean, I'm kind of toying with going away for like, if I can, if I'm allowed to leave London and go beyond the M25. No, um, no. Yeah, I was gonna say, I'm, you know, um, uh, I was toying with going to like Cornwall or somewhere like that, just, but 
then again, I'm sure all the Airbnbs and everything else will be booked up. Or very, very expensive. <laughs> or, yes, exactly. <laughs> what do you mean? £4,000 for two nights in Newquay? Fabulous. I'll take it. Um, it's like you've already reviewed it. You've already been like, yeah, that, how much? Because it actually is around that much. It's like a yeah. thousand a day for some places. Oh, no. Uh, people cashing in. No, but if I find anything, I'll send it. I've got some friends who live in Cornwall, got some places. So if I, if they're free, I'll send them your way. Perfect. Thank you very there much. You <laughs> um, when you were a kid, uh, were you were you lucky enough to go away on holiday and do little th things with family? Or um, Yeah, I mean... We didn't really go abroad too much when I was a kid. You know, I come from a very working class background. Um, and my mum for the first sort of period of my life was a was sort of a single parent. Um, uh, so, you know, we, we kind of made do with going to sort of caravan parks down in Devon and sort of down that way. And, you know, sort of... Uh, smaller holidays like that which i mean to me the, the drive down to devon felt like 400 years anyway so yes you know, <laughs> you know it, well, it honestly was you know um but you're reading if you're in reading you know i'm from winchester so, yeah so not far away at all no not far away at all so um so yeah so i used to go and do things like that and you know we went to center parks once and that was kind of fancy posh um, very posh. Okay, that was I, honestly i was like oh no haven holiday park here um so yeah she's been upgraded you know i felt like i turned left on the plane um so yeah i was like oh she's in business um but uh yeah it was that was kind of exciting um and then as we got older, my, my nan and granddad got a timeshare in Tenerife. Do you remember Ooh, Tenerife? Yes. Yeah. I um, so they did that. And I, I, I went as far as Tenerife. And uh, that was very exciting. That is tropical, though. Tenerife is not where you think it's going to be. Well, no, exactly. You know, as a kid, I was like, well, they speak Spanish. And they're like, well, it's off the coast of Africa. And I was like, what? What? Hist what? History is very weird. Yes, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> all these countries conquering other countries and giving them their language. And then it's confusing geographically to me. I'm just, I don't understand. Um, so yeah, but then, yeah, we started kind of doing a little bit of bobs like that, Portugal and stuff. But I, as I've gotten older, I, I personally love traveling. My mum's never been a big fan of flying. Hence we didn't right. go too far. You know, the idea of my mum flying to the States, literally just, she starts having palpitations. She's just like, no, no. Oh, no. So. so yeah, it, she'd just be clinging on to the seat like nails embedded in it, you know. Um, <clears throat> which, I mean, I have to say, I'm not a fan of turbulence. It does, it does. I don't, I don't think anyone puts their hands up and like, yeah, the best thing for me about traveling is turbulence. Is <laughs> <laughs> feeling like I could die any minute. I love that. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, it, uh, coming back from LA last year, there was some terrible turbulence and, and that was, that was pretty terrifying. Um, so, uh, yeah, no, I'm not a fan of that, but you know, I, I do, uh, want to go to, um, my best friend, Paul, um, who I lived with for many, many years. He uh, is Australian and he lived over here for years, but then returned, um, not too long ago, um, a couple of years back and I want to go visit him over there. So I've never been to Australia. So that's somewhere as soon as... Ms. Rona decides to pack up her bags and fuck off. Um, <laughs> that's where I would quite like to go and explore a little bit of. Although, correct me if I'm wrong, just Australia, just not the country where everything tries to kill you. Yes. Yes. Not the, not the people, spiders. but like, like insects, yeah, spiders. Yeah, you got a little spider here. You're like, oh, catch that by my hands and throw it out. In, in Australia, you've got trapdoor spiders. They, they wait for you underground and then come out uh, you've got, you've got, everything tries to kill you. You go into, oh, I'll go swimming in this lovely lake. No, there's, there's crocodiles. Oh, okay, great. So uh, you've got that to contest with. You go, oh, I'll have a swim in the sea. Well, if you're not being stung by a jellyfish, you're being eaten by a shark. It's, you know, I'm like, I'm you're selling it. The tourist board. In no, the no, because the country is freaking hot. So I'm like, well, it's just a country of extremes. It's like, I don't know. I just feel like it's a country that's on like acid the whole time. It's just like everything's ramped up a level. <laughs> no, you, you, you've not sold it to me. I no. don't want to go now. No, exactly. <laughs> I don't hear the same thing of New Zealand. Is there just as scary things in New Zealand? Or is it slightly colder so there's not? I'm not too sure. Actually. Me neither. That's a weird thing. Like everything's scary in Australia, but New Zealand, not. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's just because they seem sort of a, a more softer kind of people. Do you know what I mean? Maybe everyone's like, oh, no, leave, leave New Zealand. They've done nothing. Look at the Aussies. Come on. Go for them. It's, um, like, it's like Canada and the USA, isn't it, really? Oh, like... 
absolutely. So, oh, I, I've just lost an audience. Anyway, um, <laughs> what would you say, David, is the best thing when it comes to travel for you? We've had some very weird answers to this, so let's uh, let's see what you're going to say. I actually love airports. Yes. I love airports. I love getting there early. I love getting through security, and I love a little potter around, a little bit of... Uh, a little bit of duty free. I always, so a little thing I do, I'm obsessed with fragrances. I love smells. As I've told you, sensory memory and all that. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm a little bit obsessed with fragrances. I always have a lot of fragrances. I'm a real fragrance snob as well. Never okay, knowing what to get you for Christmas. Yeah. Okay, right. So I, I choose, I don't go for like pricey fragrances just because they're pricey. I go for sort of uh, brands and stuff that I know sort of use quite oil based and stuff like that. So. I'm very much a fragrance kind of like I love sort of different smells. So I'll go in uh, to the airport for every single time I go away and I buy a fragrance. Wow. I have to. It's like a rule. I have to do it because then I will then use that fragrance for the entire time that I'm on that trip. And then it reminds me of that trip. Sensory stuff going on there. Exactly. Yeah, so sensory it, memory. The method here. I mean, it does make me sound a little bit like Rain Man. But, um, but uh, it really, yeah, it, it does kind of... Uh, it's, it's like a little rule that I have. So I can look at all the fragrances that I have um, uh, by my bedroom and I look at them and I can go, right, that was Amsterdam, that was LA, that was New York, that was New York the second time, that was Thailand, that was, and I can just work it all out. So you, I do it more visually with just Starbucks cup, cups that just say New York on. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see, whatever works. I'm a, I'm a bit more basic is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> whatever works, but no, I do, and I love people watching. Yeah, me too. So I love just sitting there and being able to just listen listen to some music if I'm traveling alone or oh, you know, go and have a bite to eat. And I just love just sitting and watching because there's so many different kinds of people. You see, you know, the business travelers, you see people going on holiday, you see families struggling with kids screaming because they've been up since 3am and they've had to drive down from somewhere. And you just, and it's, you know, you just kind of look around and I, I kind of love piecing together what other people's stories might be. And, you know, they're doing they're doing it to you as well, David. <laughs> Probably. I, I sit there sipping my my coffee with my share jumper on, which I'm wearing. I'm I love it. Loving the share jumper. Yeah. You're very very fashionable. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to say the best thing uh, to do with travel, David, for you is airports. I did a nice dramatic pause. There is airports. Uh, next up, we're going to be talking TV and film. We'll be right back with David to find out his best things when it comes to TV and film. But before that, we've got the boys at Film Bag, and I think it's over to Revan. So, Revan, your turn. Hey, everyone. Uh, this week's recommendation is 2020 Spree, starring Stranger Things actor Joe Keery as Kurt Kunkel, a wannabe social media influencer. Here's a clip. For all of you out there who don't know me, get ready. Because you're about to know me. Hey, I don't see any cops around. Should I blow this next one? Fucking hey! I'm Kurt. Hey, guys. Hey, guys. What's up, guys? We're going to inject this right on the label. Does this water have, like, a taste to it? Airtight. Well, watertight. <laughs> so this movie is a very interesting kind of critique and social commentary on being an influencer, I guess, being someone who wants to achieve fame in the year 2020. Now, I can totally see... Uh, inspirations in this film. I, I almost see Kiri's character as an evolution of De Niro's character in Martin Scorsese's The King of Comedy, or even uh, last year's Joker. You can definitely see a bit of uh, Joaquin Phoenix in, in this performance. And the film's told in a really unique way. It's kind of a found footage movie where uh, the main character, he's an Uber driver, and he, to achieve fame, uh, begins to kill his customers and live stream these murders. Um, and so you're actually watching footage from the cameras within the car, uh, from his phone, because he's, uh, you know, just live streaming throughout. And it's just a really engaging, kind of frenetic style of, of filmmaking. And, and you're completely immersed in Kurt's world. And it feels very visceral and real. It's an uncomfortable watch, but I have to say, Kiri puts in a really sort of charismatic and realistic performance. I think, like, when you guys watch this, you'll definitely recognize characters on social media like him. I think it's just a kind of a projection of what fame 
can do to you, you know, can, can psychologically impair people's judgments, you know. But yeah, really interesting film. I'd say the only criticism would be that some of the conversations that take place read a little bit too much like a really angry Twitter thread. There, There's sort of language here reminiscent of, of kind of a lot of the American political discourse. Uh, and I'm not convinced that people actually talk like that in real life. So it's a little bit on the nose in that respect. But I have to say, really entertaining watch. And I really recommend Spree. David, TV and film. Uh, like, this is like kind of your industry, really. I mean, you are an actor. That's why I'm going to drop my voice there for that. But, uh, you know, you, you've been very, very successful, loved all over. And, uh, and like I said, like, a lot of people are very excited that I get to have a little chit chat with you. And, and I, you know, I followed you on social media a while ago and, and just you always seem really fun. Like, you know what I mean? In this, in, in, in this industry, sometimes people are a little bit sad. So anyway, I'll stop talking about, um, you know, are you, are you social media and stuff like that is for me, I, you know, I know people use social media sometimes as like a diary and some sort of thing like that, but I tend to, I like humorous observations and silly quips and funny pictures. And it's a bit of a light relief from the mundanity of every day. And, you know, throwing something out there, which makes people laugh is kind of more of my bag on social media. So it's, it's not, you know, I don't go on there and going, I'm having a really sad day today. Which is no, against anyone who does that, that's an amazing thing because you've got, there's a whole network of people who can then talk to you and, and, but it's just not, it's not for me. I don't do that. No, I mean, uh, to be honest, actually, when I was scrolling, not stalking, scrolling through your social media, there was a very funny video of your friend doing a great impression of Mary Poppins that sort of tickled you. Yes, my friend Lee. Oh, bless him. It's incredible. I mean, he is the biggest Mary Poppins fan going. But did you notice even the positioning of the, the poster in the background, the Mary Poppins poster? In the back? It was incredible. It was spot on. It was spot on. So, yes, shout out to Lee for, for I mean, I don't think yes, yesterday peeps. At that really i mean even donald trump getting covid it, no to one side yesterday oh, peaked when, when lee did that no it's fun <laughs> it's very fun um so what have you been watching lately i devoured ratchet in um, oh. in basically two days when that came out i was like straight through good um, so yes yes it's it's a really fascinating uh story um visually it is it's a feast it's it's so beautifully done it it calls on sort of a very um sort of kubrick hitchcockian kind of um style uh there's so much symmetry and the colors um down to the you know the fashions of the time which is clearly something that interests <clears throat> excuse me um ryan murphy you know when you look at american horror story when you you know um the outfits that gaga wore and in coven and uh, you know the balenciaga and all that kind of stuff do you know what i mean like it, it yeah. it's clearly something that excites and fascinates and visually yeah it, it's just such a treat um but sarah paulson again the woman can do no wrong as far as i'm concerned she is just incredible but i loved sharon stone in it i thought she was incredible she was amazing. So Sharon Stone's in it as well, and she's utterly wonderful. I need um, to see this. I haven't seen it yet because we're we're redoing Game of Thrones right now. Oof. Okay, I need to start Game of Thrones. We I literally started episode one yesterday, so I've already watched it. I've seen it already, and I watched it when it was out. I'm very very awful because I've only ever watched the first episode because my friend Rob, who I um, Rob Osler, who played Arthur and Holby. He was my best friend in Holby. And a few years back, there was a cancer storyline and unfortunately he died. But Rob's claim to fame is that he is the very first person to die in Game of Thrones. Ooh. So he's the guy that gets beheaded at the very sort of opening kind of thing. Well, it's very fresh in my memory because I saw it last yeah. night. So um, so I watched that and then I stopped. And then that was it. <laughs> <laughs> Not so for me. Back in. <laughs> um, but now, now there's so many series it seems like a really heavy undertaking. Do you know what I mean? It's like when people were going on, oh, you, you need to watch The Sopranos or The Wire. Or, and I'm like, I look at it now and I'm like, yeah, but there's 407 series. And you just, you know, you're talking about four years of my life and it just feels a little heavy, you know? So 
yeah i'm like oh. it, it is worth it david but i, I will I, and I, i'm pleasantly surprised about how not rubbish it looked because i thought going back to watch season one of anything even i watched the fall the other day and i hadn't watched any of it but we watched all of it now yeah. and i just felt like it was really old looking actually game of thrones doesn't I, they must have done something to it the Fall looked old it was like what was yeah. it 13 yeah, it, it did look. If you look at footage from 2013 to 2012, um, <laughs> he does. He's so sassy. Was just rocks and carts, and you know, it was the potato famine at the time. Um, <laughs> I, I know what you mean, though. But my one with that is Sex in the City. Okay. Ooh, looks ooh, old. First series of that, especially when they look down the lens. When they do the whole flea bag thing in the first series, uh, the first episode, the pilot. Oh, I mean Cynthia Nixon's hair. They're all of their hair, actually. To be fair, like it, I mean, it's just, it's it's definitely dated. Um, it makes me feel better if I ever do a project that I'm allowed the first one to just be shit. You know what I mean? It makes me feel better because these programs go on to do amazing things. But if you look back at the beginning, it isn't. Yeah, the they're cutting their teeth. It's like when Karen and Will and Grace in like the first series, she pretty much talks like that. You know what I mean? Right. And, then, and she goes up there and she's like, honey, Grace, honey. You know, so it's kind of, yeah, she was basically a baritone for the first episode. And then all of a sudden they found what worked for her, which was to do the little squeaky, you know, and it was like, yes, that, that's the character. That's it, done. And they kind of do, you know, they do that with a lot of different shows, I think. So, you know, like Phoebe just got more weird during Friends. Yeah. Just got more and more surreal. Which character yeah. are you if you're, if we're getting friends? Are you, can you, could you say you're closely Rachel? Rachel? Yeah. yeah. I'm not as obsessive as Monica. I do have the one covered in my flat that I don't allow anyone to look in. I right. didn't have that though, because the other day my friend was here and I opened it and my friend literally went, <gasps> Oh my God. And I was like, no, look away, look away. And he was like, what is this? And it, it is literally, it's the cupboard of, I don't know where else it belongs. And, and, and it's, got a, it's got a range of stuff in there from some tiny, tiny cactus pots through to, I've got a box of cigars in there. I don't know. Why not? I don't know where they came from, but I have a, a wedding. Yeah, it would have been a wedding. Exactly. There you go um and uh yeah there's there's uh, my toolbox is in there <laughs> i have a toolbox hey but we all have a toolbox. That. i do enjoy my, DIY. my friends are always are very surprised my straight lad friends are always surprised when they're like oh do you have that and i'm like yeah yeah do you have yeah i've got that as well do you yeah. but it's pristine like i've never used it that's the problem <laughs> but yeah <laughs> see at the beginning of this year my friend came around and i was like can you give me a hand i'll just put my telly up on the uh up on the wall and he was like i'm sorry what <laughs> I was like, I, I'm just, I need to drill into the wall. I need to hang, I'm putting the bracket up on the wall. And I, um, I'm, can you just hand me that raw plug? And he was just like, the what now? And yeah, they just, I just don't, I don't look like the kind of person that enjoys doing a lot well, of that's the best way. Let's, I always go off topic. This is always my fault. But um, what would you say for you, David, is the best thing when it comes to TV and film? Is it a genre? Is it kind of an absolute a series? Or is it the only, your TV show you're in yourself? <laughs> <laughs> Tune in, eight o'clock. Um, I personally, again, I mean, this, this seems to be a theme here. This is kind of a therapy session. Um, like because again, I have, I have things I go to for comfort. So when you're feeling, oh. Is that, is that someone who's is, is always Amazon? Oh my goodness. Go, 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 go. I got give me two seconds. We're fine. We're good with this. <laughs> it's funny. We get to this point and uh, we're just about to find out what his best thing is when it comes to TV and film and a delivery driver has come. So I'm very excited to find out what it is. He's back. There you go. I've never had to do this little thing before. I definitely I just... don't order too much off of ASOS. So everyone does, but we send it back because then we realize what it actually looks like, and we're like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> yeah, Sorry. yeah. Back into it. Uh, TV and film. What would? You, what's the best thing for you? Well, um, yeah, I've got those movies that you go to for sort of comfort. So I would say Overboard with Goldie Hawn and Kurt Russell is a favorite. Death Becomes Her, another favorite. Mrs. Doubtfire, probably all-time favourite, because I can quote that back to front. It's just absolutely incredible. And it's, I mean, I, I attribute Mrs. Doubtfire as being the film that made me want to be an actor, because Robin Williams in that was stunning. Like, from 
making you kind of well up when, you know, he's told he can't see his kids anymore. And that bit at the end, they always, you know, those are the ties that bind, my dear. You'll be all right, puppet. Um, and uh, yeah, you just kind of go, ah! But then, you know, the scene where um, he goes to see his brother, um, uh, yeah, Uncle Frank and Aunt Jack. <laughs> and um, and uh, and he just does the whole skit. Oh, it was such a shonder. I should never buy grimness from a moil. It's so chewy. Um, and, you know, it's all of that is just, I was just like, the voices, everything just made me go, that's what I want to do. So it's just, it's for me, it's like a perfect film, um, casting and everything. But, um, I mean, I've got such varied tastes when it comes to movies and TV shows and stuff, you know, like sitcom wise, I was obsessed with Frasier when I was about 13. I, wow. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of jumped past Friends and I went for the slightly more highbrow intellectual comedy. I think it says a lot about me, actually. It um, does. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, I, I was just like utterly uh, obsessed with that. So I've always been interested in lots of like Cheers. I used to watch Cheers as a kid as well. Hey, classics, that's why. Uh, well, yeah, exactly. You know, um, so I think I was always kind of into uh sort of different tv shows and stuff um sort of sitcom wise i mean a lot of a lot of american stuff um but british stuff as well i mean vicar adibli absolutely fabulous you know all these incredible shows that we've done faulty towers um uh, but uh my all-time favorite like for comfort for the acerbic humor is the golden girls um, and I'm I'm obsessed. I'm obsessed with it, and it's it is just the most wonderful, brilliant, um, heartwarming uh, show. And considering it was on prime time American television in the early '80s, they dealt with issues about uh, sexuality. They dealt with um, trans rights. They dealt with uh, just so many. Uh, LGBTQ plus problems, and and they did it with with humor. And I mean, sure, some of them are a little dated, um, but most of them were front footed and were incredibly um, uh, sort of positive and and just did nothing but uh, push things in the right direction. And I think that's why it was so heavily embraced by gays across the world um because yeah it was it was amazing so you look at that now and you 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 know you watch the golden girls and you go well wait this is basically sex in the city which it is just yeah. older women based in miami so <clears throat> so yeah it's it's very um it was very progressive um and it's still to this day has some of the funniest put downs and lines that i've ever heard in any sitcom ever so yeah it's that's that would be like my favorite sitcom and then movie-wise, like I said, those are my comfort movies. Um, I tell you, a really good horror film. If you're looking for something, coming oh, yeah. Halloween season now. Yep. Um, watch the newest Invisible Man movie. Oh, it's good. It is good, oh, isn't it? Oh, the suspense. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Oh, the the moments where the camera just slowly pans around from her in the kitchen, and it goes, and there's a moment that you go, "What the hell?" And you're like, "Ooh, something's going to appear." nothing appears nothing and then it appears. just pans back round again and you're just like oh god he's walked in the room um yeah i was that, that's how i feel because i live by myself and my dog i feel like that most of the time that someone's definitely there plants, so i don't even have like an, a creature to be able to like you know keep me company so, yeah. i'm gonna say for you david the best thing when it comes to tv and film is wait a minute everything um <laughs> but really comfort and even though you said the invisible man then but I think I'm Golden really Girls. Knowing I have company in my flat. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it's more about, you know. Yeah, nice and comfy. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Golden Girls for TV and for film, as things like Mrs. Doubtfire, Overboard, like you said, and Death Becomes So, which is a classic, classic film. But, um, yeah, that, oh my God, that was so much to take in. If you haven't watched any of those, definitely do. Okay, I feel like you're going to be just as talkative when it comes to this thing we're going to be talking about. <laughs> we're going to be talking about music next. We'll be right back with David talking about his best things when it comes to music. But before we do that, we have the wonderful Bethia Beats and her track of the pod. So over to you, Bethia. Hi everyone, it's Bethia here. My chosen artist for this week is the very, very talented Daisy Clark. 
She's an artist from the Southwest and she creates acoustic indie pop music. Her voice is loved by the one and only Billie Eilish and her songs have also been played on the hit TV show Love Island, which I just think is amazing. Her recent single, Hope It Hurts You, is currently playing in the background right now. She has such a beautiful, beautiful vulnerability to her voice that I just absolutely love. Everybody needs to go and check out her YouTube channel as well. She's just incredible. I love her. To listen to the full song, it will be playing at the end of the podcast, along with all the details of Daisy's social media and where to find the song. Thank you so much for listening and I'll see you next time. With someone that's not you But you'll always carry this and I, 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 I miss CD cases you. And when sometimes there's a spare disc inside You're like, oh, there's a disc too! Yes! yes. You know, oh, yes! <laughs> yeah, I got rid of all Now you don't have them Have you got rid of all your yes, CDs? Yes, I don't, I don't own a single CD anymore I got rid of all of them Because I realised for about three or four years I hadn't played a single one and I was no, like, this is just kind of sitting and doing nothing. And so I went to um, shelter and, uh, and I, gave, I donated two massive boxes to shelter for them to sell and then all money goes to homelessness. So and I did the same oh, wow. with a lot of DVDs as well. Yeah, DVDs, I, I've kept some, I've yeah. kept some, but the only reason I have is just like one day when my internet stops working or the end of world, the world and I want to watch, you know, an old series of 24, I have Do you it. know what? I've done exactly the same thing. And I have, I have my old, uh, my entire series or Six Feet Under on DVD, which I've kept for just such an occasion. And um, yeah, I, I too predicted the apocalypse. And <laughs> so I was like, there will be, there will come a time when everything goes down, when internet's screwed and, you know, we all sort of have to just send letters to each other again. Um, I like so, that. Let's, let's bring back. No, let's no, not bring no, that back. Not this. for another anyway. uh, <laughs> We're talking music. Uh, are you missing music? Are you missing live music? Yes. Yes, my goodness, yes. I'm, I'm really missing live music. I love going to gigs. Um, you know, I kind of... Uh, throughout the year, I tend to sort of book a lot of gigs and theater shows and stuff in advance, just because it kind of gives me little little pinpoints to look forward to. Um, so I'm, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm very much missing gigs. I'm missing musical theater. I'm missing theater, you know, I'm missing just spectacle and being, you know, in the room with with an artist uh, or artists and, uh, and, you know, live performance. And there's such an energy that comes from it that really, especially when you are a performer, you feed off and it inspires you. And I mean, you know, it, it is wonderful to be able to have the technology that we have at the moment, sort of, you know, during lockdown to be able to watch Netflix or Now TV or Amazon or Apple TV or, or all these different platforms to be able to show you different shows and different movies and stuff. But there is this physical, tangible thing in front of you that 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 is displaying this incredible talent. There is a different energy there, and it and it and it it's just a different physical thing, and it just it feeds me sort of mentally and emotionally in a different way, and I definitely have been missing that, and that's been that's been really really hard, as it has been for everyone. Did you grow up with music? Was there music played in your house, and you know, Simply were you in, influenced by? Simply <laughs> <laughs> Red. Lars album. Oh. I don't think my mum took it off. You know, uh, took it out of the uh, tape deck for about the early for most of the early nineties. Um, uh, my mum was also a fan of UB Forty. UB Forty nice. Meatloaf. Uh, another one. Okay. Yeah, I mean, this is all some real eighties gems. Now, um, who else? Dire Straits. Yeah. Yep. Um, so my mum had me when she was quite young. My mum was 18 when she had me. So my mum's actually, you know, sort of a bit of an 80s, late 70s, early 80s child. Um, so, you know, the music tastes, you know, um, Alison Moyet, my mum was a huge fan and I consequently became a huge fan. Um, so, yeah, there's sort of lots of, lots of uh, artists like that that, you know, very much kind of I attribute to my mum 
and her taste that I, I still sort of look back fondly on listening to. Can you sing? No. Karaoke <laughs> song know, of I mean, choice? There's karaoke karaoke talk of, of either being like, you know, double threat, triple threat. I'm just a single threat. Yeah, not even threatening. You know, I'm just, uh, just, uh, just single. I mean, that's 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 quite harsh, actually, isn't it? I mean, <laughs> he's not threatening. He's just single. Um, just so, single. But yeah, at least you have a threat. You know what I mean? That's that's good because most people, some people, don't have yeah, any. Yeah. So when we're talking about triple threats, we're talking about singing, dancing, and yeah. acting is normally what they would equate to it. Now they have a they have a, um, four threats. They have to, so you have to play an instrument. Oh, as well. for the love of. No, no, no. <laughs> Another thing to make us feel crap yeah, about us. <laughs> oh God, yeah, exactly. Thanks so much. Um, no, I don't dance. I'm mocked mercilessly by all of my friends for my complete lack of rhythm. I, I, it's like watching a spider in a hot bath. It's, uh, it's, it's horrendous. Um, so yeah, it's, it's not pleasant for anyone involved, in, including me. Um, singing. I do sing a lot around the house and on my own and whatever, but I, I, I've been told a friend of mine who does singing lessons actually said to me that I could always go in and sort of tune with him um, because he heard me just sort of, I think I'm probably drunk or something, uh, singing along. And he said, no, you can hold it. No, he was like, I, I can give you some lessons unless he was just trying to get some money from me. No, they they wouldn't say no, that otherwise. Not. They don't. No. They don't want that. No, exactly. Yeah, just book these ten sessions for uh, four hundred pounds. Um, so yeah. Uh, um, so no, I'm not too sure that I can do. I could. I mean, if I did a musical, there's only three that I could see myself doing and could possibly oh. do. I have an idea for one. Of you, for on. you actually so i want no i want to see if you say the same okay. thing here so go go with right. that who would you so, uh, name i love the place? idea of playing frank and furter in rocky horror i mean who wouldn't i also love the idea of playing mc in cabaret okay and i cool. also love the idea of playing um seymour from little shop of horrors oh do you know what that's where i was yeah. going that's where I was going. Yeah, I, it's one. It's my favorite musical theater show of all time. I saw it in uh, in Regent's Park actually. It was incredible. Ago. I absolutely so loved it. I saw it there, and then I actually saw it many, many years ago. I think it was like two thousand and eight, um, with Paul Keating and Sheridan Smith when it was. Um, oh wow! And that was incredible as well. That was really good. Mike McShane was the voice of the plant, which was wonderful. Um, so yeah, that was a really good production of it as well. So yes, no, it is one of my all-time favorites. But I did uh, cabaret when I was at university, and I actually played Ernst Ludwig. So I played the um, the bisexual Nazi. <laughs> uh, who else oh, would you play? Can. You know, TV <laughs> can also play convincing bisexual Nazi. <laughs> right, right at the top of your exactly. CV as well. I like that. Um, what would you say, David, is the best thing when it comes to music for you? Um. Oh. Goodness, the best thing about music—is it central? It like is it, is it about people, sense? Do you know what I mean? It just getting people. You know, it. There's nothing like being at a, a massive, great, big gig. Like for me, I really love going to Hyde Park to the summer gigs that they have there. But there is such. You know, I mean, it's as near to if you don't want to do festivals, then it's as near as you get to one. Um, you know, standing in Hyde Park, everyone's got, you know, plastic cups full of lukewarm beer. And, you know, like last year I went, uh, I mean, I had the gayest week going last year. Last year on a Tuesday, I went and saw Janelle Monet at Wembley Arena. Then on the Friday, I went and saw Celine Dion in Hyde Park. On the Saturday, it was London Pride. And on Sunday, I saw Barbara Streisand in Hyde Park. I, I'm surprised Judy Garland didn't come back from the dead just to anoint me at the end of that week because i mean that was that was truly the gayest of gay weeks um, that is pretty gay but that night with celine dion in hyde park was insane you know when she was doing like those big hits that everyone loves and yeah it was just it's just wonderful and it you know i've i've seen a few gigs in hyde park now um uh you know when the uh, kylie and grace jones did uh, a show there a couple of years back and that was an incredible day as well so it's it's the same as going to sort of, you know, Mighty Hoopla, the festival that goes on in London and stuff. That's always really great fun. Um, so yeah, and before then, I remember going to things like Lovebox 
and uh, stuff like that, which Lovebox, you know, on the, on the Sunday at Lovebox, going back several years, used to be like the gay day. It used to be the, the day they had the Scissor Sisters or they had they had Grace Jones as well. They had Shaka Khan, they had Robin, they had Khalees, they had all these different people performing, but it was all with a slight kind of, gays like this one. Um, <laughs> there was definitely, there was definitely a theme. Um, but uh, yeah, it was, that was amazing. But that for me is, there's nothing quite like standing with your friends and having this song blare out that you all love and you're singing along to it. It's, 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 it's sort of unifies you all and you just for a moment, you're just all in the same kind of place. And that's really beautiful. Well, I think that's a lovely description and I can't wait for it to all come back. Um, so I'm going to say the best thing uh, to do with music for you, David, is just uniting your friends and people yeah, together absolutely. listening to music. Next up, we're going to be delving into what's the best thing about something random. I have no idea. Maybe it's delivery drivers knocking on your door and not having stuff for you. <laughs> we'll find out after this. Now we kind of have to rattle your brain here about something random for you, what the best thing is. Um, I think we might have slightly alluded to this right at the beginning, um, but maybe you're just going to frame your curveball and be like, actually, no, it's rock collecting. No, so what is the best thing about something random for you, David? Ah, the best thing. All of my, fr whenever anyone comes around to my flat, which has been few and far between, thanks, Ms. Rona, um, people uh, like my choice of decor um which makes me sound like i'm doing like an mtv cribs welcome <laughs> to my home um but actually no I, i'm a nester i am a terrible terrible nester and when it gets to september and october time and this is why my friends often think i was a bear in a past life because i hibernate and i basically start collecting nice new little trinkets and making my house look pretty and lovely and then they won't see me until spring um because unless they come around here to me because there's no fucking way i'm going into town and getting absolutely soaked to go and no three times the amount for um food and drink when i can just sit here and order delivery and have a bottle of wine um so yeah so people uh enjoy yeah the sort of the decor and stuff and i do I do really enjoy it. If I hadn't gone into the acting route, I would have gone into the much more butch profession of interior design because, you know, clearly I wasn't ticking enough gay boxes in my uh, gay CSE exam. Um, so, uh, yeah, you know, I mean, I've ticked everything else, you know. Does he like Golden Girls? Yes. Death of Hunter? Yes. Madonna? He's got a sign hung up single. Yes. Okay. Um, yeah, look around interior design. Tick um so yes um it, it's you're a modern man you can pick up you can put up your tv on a bracket and stuff like that that's, well, that's, that's a good thing Come on. that is very true um you know i do like diy as well i do fight back i mean i but then again you know saying that i then just looked at myself and i'm sat here wearing a pink jumper with share on it so you know you you give and you take you give and you take um but yeah i love nesting and that's been really actually very lovely all things considered this year to be able to uh, have a cozy, lovely home that you feel comfortable in. You have everything around you because, you know, there was a period of time where I spent several months on my own in my flat. I live alone and that was quite hard. And um, you need to feel comfortable and you need to feel safe and you need to feel cozy and um, have your things around you. And and it, it's, it's, for me, such a huge part of, um, my ability to deal with stuff and my ability to cope uh, day to day, you know, <clears throat> long working hours. And, you know, I had a lot of, um, uh, we had some sort of uh, uh, awful family stuff going on over the summer and um, unfortunately um, uh, mm. lost a member of my family uh, in August. And, you know, and during those sort of periods of time where you can't really go and see people a lot, and you can't really go anywhere, you, you, you need to feel you're in a, a, a sort of an environment of your choosing and you know it, and it, I, th I feel that really helps me mentally it really helps me um feel safe and prepared if i you know when i come home my flat is tidy and you know i even if i wake up late for work i make my bed like i cannot leave i, I you know me too. 
Yes, I just, and you know, like it's things like that. They're just little things that just make me feel good. And it's, it, I, you know, uh, it helps to have, it helps my mind. It helps me in, in that kind of respect. Um, but also I like pretty things. So yes, there, <laughs> there's two sides. There's two sides, my emotional well-being and ooh, pretty. Um, so yeah, so it's, you know, it's a mixture of the two. Um, but I think you can have two. I think you can have the two sides of that coin. That's fine. So yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean, like I said, if you if you check out, you know, I'll put all the stuff in the in details below. But if you check out any of your social media, you know, you 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 are turned out impeccably, and so is your house and and the things you show us and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and and I think that you do have a really really good eye. Um, for decor and stuff and I think that that's a really important thing to kind of have and you know what you earned it so you can buy it and you can make it look pretty yeah why don't you do that <laughs> well you know you try I mean I'm sat I got my washing in the background I shouldn't have oh, yeah, oh I've hid my washing so I've actually got my drying rack here but yeah, I, I, okay. <laughs> it's real I'm one of the people you know um, um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, David you've been an absolutely amazing guest um a series two we've we've added one tiny little thing and every single person has said the same thing when i said it but um we've got one tiny question and we're going to have a little break so you have time to think about it um but here we go what is the best thing about you <gasps> yeah we'll find out after the break Okay, so David, best thing about you, what is it? Hmm. Is there so many? <laughs> is there anything about me? Um, I would say the one thing that I've always been uh, proud of, and it helps with my job, um, and I mean, it's, it can it can be it can be detrimental to my own, my own kind of um, mental well-being um, at times is I, I have a huge amount of empathy. Um, and I can, I can quite easily understand situations and people that are kind of alien to myself and I can get myself into headspace that allows me to go, well, yeah, I kind of understand that. And I can get that. It means that during sort of when I, when I have arguments with people, or when I have, uh, debates about things that I'm I'm less sort of um blinkered I can I can I can I can go no I see what you're saying with that actually and I you know it, it kind of allows I think me to be a little bit more open-minded um and you know it also allows you to kind of understand your friends a bit more and your relationships and um you know but not being quite so uh this is how I see it. And that's just it. And, you know, and I've had so many sort of uh, friendships and relationships um, that have been like that. And people have just been like, no, this is, this is how it is. This is, and, and you kind of go, well, you're not leaving anything. You, you, it's, there's, you know, your complete lack of empathy there means that you've walled yourself in. You're not open to anything else. You're not open to any different thoughts or feelings or, and you I, won't learn or grow if you yeah, do that. There's either. no growth there. There's no, there's no sort of, you know, uh, my friends all know that if I, if I'm ever wrong about something, I'm the first to admit it. And I will be like, no, I fucked up. Sorry. You know, and, and I think there is an element of, you know, self-awareness that comes with that empathy. Um, and so I'm kind of pleased. I, like I said, it can be, you know, you can then kind of get fucked over by people and then you go, yeah, but I kind of understand. <laughs> and then your friends will be going, are you fucking kidding me? And, you know, like, they acted like an asshole and you're still going, well, mm -hmm. they had their reasons. Uh, yeah, they had their reasons. I'm sure I'm a real prick. Um, and yeah. And so, you know, sometimes um, you do kind of shoot yourself in the foot with that one. Um, but, you know, as long as you've got good friends around you, they'll turn around and go, will you stop it? Um, but yeah, I, I think that is probably something that I'm sort of proud of and that I, I enjoy that I have that. It also means you're not a psychopath. Exactly. exactly another thing if uh sociopaths tend not to yawn when you yawn oh yeah yeah okay. i'm gonna look out for that and they'll be like oh fine thing <laughs> so they don't understand empathy so you could yawn and you know if, if i were to yawn you'd probably go oh oh god okay um i, I would now <laughs> sociopaths would just be like that stare 
<laughs> you'd be like <gasps> so yeah so okay you've been absolutely amazing thank you so much for doing best thing um what are you doing at the moment obviously you're back at work you're working in holby and mm -hmm. that's going really well though you can't touch anyone or hug anyone or <laughs> have to do your own makeup and stuff exactly. is there any other I'm little projects like, i'm going to be really heavily contoured um <laughs> i'm going to have a lace front i'm going to have a beauty spot um so you know i have worn them they've given me you know don't give me free reign uh, <laughs> so um you know i've got my little mixed lashes on and everything but um uh, yeah um best thing about sort of what holby at the moment is well about life at the moment uh, yeah holby is incredible and i'm loving it and we are back and we have some great stories and um it will be back on air as soon as we can be um so you know physically i mean obviously with we shut down for a quarter of the a third of the year so you know we were inevitably going to run out of of stuff that we could actually air um so uh yeah but we've got some great stuff to come back with and um yeah i i have some some juicy stuff coming up as well which would be really good so um yeah a lot a lot of uh <gasps> your dog just woke up Oh, she's there. No, yeah. she's just, oh, she's over there. I'll turn yeah. the screen. There you go. There you go. I will leave. Look at me. I'm like, oh, dog. dog squirrel. Um, so I will um leave all the details below so people can find you on social and see how wonderful the interior of your house is and uh, how well, wonderfully dressed you are in your shared jumper. Thank you so much, David. You're an absolute star for doing this. Absolute pleasure, Daniel. Thank you so much. All right. See ya. Thank you. Thank you so much to the wonderful David Ames from Holby City. That's his whole name, like Claire from Steps. Thank you also to Adam Harris. You'll get to hear his answer right after this. Bethia Beatspring is the best in brand new music and Track of the Pod will be played right at the end of the podcast. Thank you always to Filmbag, keeping us up to date with those films that we might have missed out on. Thank you to our producer, Professor Ollie. The music in the background is by Tom Baxter, Jimmy Lundy and myself. The artwork is done by JMD. Up next, Adam Harris's Fat Chicken Answer and Bethia Beats track of the pod after that. We'll see you next time for Series 3. Adam, Fat Chicken, I was doing some fact checking for you. It feels like forever ago now, doesn't it? Now, Dan's good. He's getting better. I think um, you're judging very harshly. We were finding out if Facebook was a country whether it would have a billion more people than China. And oh my God, it does. At 2.4 billion monthly users, Facebook overshadows China's 1.4 billion population and India's 1.3 billion population. Even Instagram has three times as many people as there are in the USA now. That's crazy. Social media's gone crazy. Um, at me, slide into my DMs. Here's Bethia's Beats, track of the pod. <laughs> Ask me about a guy 
just two days after what you did that night. I bet you didn't feel like this when you were in between the sheets with another girl that I don't know. Well, none of it matters. Things that were wrong, 'cause you made it shatter. Hurts, but I'm strong. One day I'll be happy with someone that's not you. But you'll always carry this, and I hope it hurts you. I hope it hurts you. I hope it hurts you. So when I'm traveling the world. Should be when I'm in love with someone who only wants me. When you see just what you lost, and you think about what it could been. I hope it hurts. I hope it hurts. Oh, none of it matters. Things that were wrong, 'cause you made it shatter. Hurts, but I'm strong. One day I'll be happy with someone that's not you. But you'll always carry this, and I hope it hurts you. You'll always carry this, and I hope it hurts you. You'll always carry this, and I hope it hurts you. You'll always carry. And I hope it hurts you.